I remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg as being a major part of my high school years. She is the epitome of a strong woman, and all she did her entire life was fight for equality of women and of all minorities. Um, I went to an all-girls high school, and it was a major point for them to educate us about powerful women, and she showed up every year in our lesson plan, and I just thought that was so like inspiring, like just her story and her life. And I think that those minorities, you know, women, people of color, the LGBTQ community, they're all really feeling the weight of her loss right now. And it's a funny mix of fear for the future and gratitude for everything that she gave us throughout her life. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, affectionately nicknamed RBG, was born on March 15, 1933 in Brooklyn, New York. She was of Jewish background, her father, Nathan, an immigrant from Ukraine. Her mother, Celia, often pushed Ruth's academic pursuits. With this push, Ginsburg eventually graduated from Cornell University and one month later married her life partner, Martin Ginsburg. The two would be married for 56 years and become a power couple in the law field. Ginsburg would go on to attend both Harvard and Columbia, eventually becoming the first woman ever to make it onto two major law reviews. She'd be an inspiration to aspiring lawyers for years to come. Although Ginsburg was immensely successful in her scholarship, it was difficult for her to find a job after her graduation. It was a time of immense anti-Semitic views in the U.S., as well as rampant sexism. As a Jewish woman and mother, Ginsburg was not taken seriously by employers, especially in the male-dominated field of law. This discrimination pushed her to become more successful in her career, eventually landing her a position on the Supreme Court. But how did she get there? RBG's journey from Brooklyn to the Supreme Court shows a lot about her character and her incredible work ethic. She excelled in all of her high school classes, got her bachelor's degree in government from Cornell University, and continued her studies a few years later at Harvard. She received incredible pushback from her deans for, quote, taking the spot of a qualified male, but that didn't stop her from becoming the first female member of the prestigious Harvard Law Review. She transferred to Columbia Law School after Marty accepted a job position in New York and graduated first in her class in 1959. After that, she went on to teach law at Rutgers and later Columbia, where she became the first female tenured professor. In the 1970s, she served as the director of the Women's Rights Project of the American Civil Liberties Union, where she argued six landmark cases on gender equality before the U.S. Supreme Court. In 1980, President Carter appointed RBG to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, and she served there until finally she was appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court in 1993 by President Clinton. In addition to facing gender discrimination, it was hard for her to find work and get paid equal to her male counterparts. This was the fuel that led her to challenging many cases that discriminated against not only female, but males as well. One case in particular was about an Air Force female who was deemed unfit for service due to her pregnancy. This and the many other cases were defining moments in the career of a woman who stood up not only for herself, but for the sake and equality of others as well. So the way the process goes is the president will nominate someone to fill the seat and then they need a simple majority vote 
in the Senate. Now they also get questioned by other elected officials to see if they're fit for the role. That is what Amy Coney Barrett is currently in the process of. I think that to have a hearing at all is not only going against Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish, but it's ignoring the Republican precedent that was set four years ago when they would not allow a hearing for President Obama's Supreme Court nominee, claiming that he was a lame duck president. Now, since Republicans have control of the Senate, it's going to be very difficult to not see Amy Coney Barrett take that seat. So a lot of people have begun thinking of outside ways, different ways that the effects of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death could be lessened. The only situation I can think of where Amy Coney Barrett doesn't get Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat if there's like a major stalemate in the confirmation hearings that lasts until like after the election. I hope she isn't replaced before the next election, but that's a complete possibility. Now this all obviously is going to rest on this upcoming election. I mean, if Republicans regain control of Congress and Senate, then there's really not going to be much that happens with the seat aside from normal procedures. Amy Coney Barrett will take the seat and there's not going to be much different. But if Joe Biden and Democrats are able to take back control, then there could be a lot of different things happening, a lot of different shaking up of the way that the Supreme Court does things. And so it'll be really interesting. This is obviously something that Trump and Republicans are cognizant of going into the election and have brought it up on multiple occasions, not only in debates, but also throughout campaigning. I think the implications of a potential addition to the Supreme Court right now are huge. It would give the Republican Party a clear advantage in Supreme Court decisions, and it has the potential to change some historic legislation in history. We've heard about Roe v. Wade possibly being overturned. We've heard about gay marriage equality possibly being overturned. Like, really landmark cases are now all of a sudden up for grabs and in danger, which is a really surprising and scary thought, especially for women and for LGBT people. And all we can really do at this point is hope that somehow everything ends up okay. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. It will be the poorer in terms of appreciating what is at stake and the impact of its judgments if all of its members are cast from the same mold.